Hey guys, Kip Etter here with Powder and String Outfitters in downtown Wellington, Kansas. This is the first ever Powder and String podcast. We are here with Mike Yoder. He is a good friend of mine, and he's the owner of Trigger Guard Outdoor Shooting Range in Wellington, Kansas. Man, thank you so much for being here, Mike. the heart of Wellington, Kansas, Powder and String Outfitters is your down-home, one-stop shop for all things shooting sports and outdoors. Welcome to the Powder and String Podcast. Mike, if you want to maybe just tell them a little bit about your, your background and, and and what you've done in your life up to this point. Okay, well, uh, my background when it comes to firearms is I actually started uh, with the sheriff's office in 1978. and uh, Man, that I, was a long time ago. Yeah, that was long before you were born, probably, yeah. Well. Well, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, started then, and uh, um, I've always had an interest in guns and shooting and things like that. So um, in 1981, I went to my first... Uh, uh, NRA firearms instructor school and uh, stayed certified through the NRA up until I think 2005 when I went through the uh, Kansas Law Enforcement Training Center's um, firearms instructor course. Yes. And I've been to the the FLETC or the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center's, you know, advanced handgun course and several other handgun courses and in just different courses to help me, uh, to, to, you know, to teach firearms. Um uh, my, I spent the majority of my law enforcement career with the sheriff's office um, and actually started our SWAT team back in 1997. And I was the, uh, the SWAT commander up until I retired in, well, six years ago. Um, I still work part-time for the sheriff's office. I still do their farms uh, uh, training. Uh, I still help. Uh, I'm for lack of a better term, I'm a uh, I'm still a consultant right, with our SWAT right. team. Yeah, and and you said 1997. I I you know that's kind of more in my uh, time frame, if you will. But I actually remember um, when that happened. Oh, um, really? Yeah, I kind of remember, and you know, it, we're just kind of a smaller community and well, yeah. and and county, and so it was it was kind of a big deal. It was because I had a lot of people say, you know, hey, do we really need a SWAT team in Sumner County? And my answer to that was kind of like carrying a gun mm -hmm. it's better to have it and never need it than need it and not have it right you know and quite honestly we've done you know we've had we've had several call outs and uh we worked at one point back several years ago we we worked closely with uh uh wichita swat mm -hmm. uh and uh, you know we've trained with them we've trained at different different teams across the uh which for those that the don't region. know wichita is just you know really it's it's really close we're about 30 yeah, miles 30 or miles less. south yeah, yeah. And uh, and that's the biggest metropolitan area around this area, so. right? Yeah, and you know the the SWAT team now. Uh, back when we started it, it was all comprised of I think we were six or seven of us from the sheriff's office, but it's been expanded, and you know I think now it's a, it's a true multi jurisdictional team where they they have uh, you know members from Cali County, Winfield, Lark City, Wellington, Sumner County, I think Mulvane, um, you know just different agencies, and right. all the agencies contribute. To their budget, so mm -hmm. it's not a big burden on any one agency or department. Yeah. But, but so, anyway, I retired full time from there, and uh, um, and I opened uh, Trigger Guard, my the shooting range that I have now, and uh, you know, you know, basically like like you said, it's an outdoor shooting range, and 
I, I teach classes. I, in fact, I got a concealed carry class coming up January 21st. I do concealed carry. I do basic handgun. I, I've taught some advanced handgun classes, uh, patrol rifle. Uh, I still do, like I said, I still do the training, uh, firearms training, or the majority of it for the sheriff's office. And I contract with uh, uh, Spirit Security and some other um, you know agencies around, and, and I do their, their handgun training and rifle and, and shotgun training as well. And uh, the... Uh, um, you know, that's, that's the, that's the key to, I mean, if you're going to carry again, you got to have training. Absolutely. 100%. And I couldn't agree more. And, and, and obviously with that, that lengthy background that you talked about, you're clearly experienced. You, you clearly have the credentials. You've done that. Um, you've done the extra work, if you will. And I can also kind of add to that just because, um, I've known of Mike, um, just because again, it's kind of a smaller community, but, um, got to know him a little bit better and we've become, um, you know, definitely much, much closer friends and stuff like True, that. Yeah. And um, to say that, that he's an accomplished shooter would be an understatement. He's he's um, definitely not um, telling the full picture, if you will. <laughs> this guy can shoot, um, lights out, and, 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 and also it kind of the apple didn't fall too far from, from the tree. Your son just went to yeah. uh, San Antonio well, with, um, with uh, was it? Uh, Doug, Doug Swanson. Swanson. Yes, from thank Winfield, you. Yeah. Uh, from Winfield. And can, t- tell us a little bit about what they just Well, they... We uh, the, our range here, Trigger Guard. We host the only outdoor Glock match in the state of Kansas. So once a year, Glock comes down, puts on a two-day match. Uh, and hell, I think last year, or a year before, they gave away they give away guns, money, prizes. They gave away over eleven thousand dollars worth of prizes, guns, money, yeah. certificates at just our match. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, my son, my son's been helping me teach classes. I got him into shooting when he was very young, and he's been shooting for many years now. In fact, he's getting ready to go to the uh, same uh, to the law enforcement Kansas Law Enforcement Training Center's firearms instructor school. Oh, so great. he'll be, you know, he'll be also a certified instructor here sometime next year. Um, him and Doug um, have been going to some of these matches uh, at our match here. Then they, we all went to Oklahoma City. Uh, then Doug and Andrew went to. Uh, the Dallas Glock match and the San Antonio Glock match. In each of those matches, Andrew won first place in at least one or two different divisions uh, and won a gun in each one of them. That's amazing. It's awesome. Uh, you know, and that's, I mean, you know, that's, you know, he's, he, in the last year, he's really, really come around and t- started taking it serious and really getting into it. And we've started a, a trigger guard shooting team. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. The, you know. Yeah, and, the, the pattern string, you guys kind of approached us and, right. and asked us, and obviously it was a natural fit. Um, Joe, yeah. You guys are all um, acquaintances, friends, and customers, and so it was just a natural fit for us to, to get on board with that. And yeah. We couldn't be happier to, to be uh, And that's great because, that. you know, obviously we're going to have jerseys made up. And, you know, because when we all went to Oklahoma City, there I think there was – I think we ended up with seven or eight guys down there, uh, and you know, I think four of us all won guns. Right, and uh, so, so and, and and to, to kind of uh, you know elaborate on that a little bit, how many how many shooters are at those events? Uh, Oklahoma City, I had over five hundred. So five hundred shooters, and you know, and you guys as a team, or and, indiv- and or individually. Well, place, and, yeah, because what it first is, or whatever, yeah, there's or better. There's like seven or eight different divisions you can shoot, mm-hmm. and of those eight divisions or nine divisions, whatever they are, we won guns in three of them. Yeah, so and the know, gun, I'm pretty and, proud of that. And and, so. and I because I don't know, I've never I've been to I've been to the 
Glock match just briefly out at your place. Yeah. Um, it wasn't wasn't participating, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, all right, I, I can take it. I can take a hint. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, in those divisions, are they they're only handing out a gun to the one, winner? One gun, yeah, for first place. So I mean, there you go. So you know, definitely. I I, I just I elaborated on that a little bit and brought it up just to, to point out that you know you're definitely qualified to to sit here and chat with us today. Um, with regards to training yeah. and, you know, what it well, takes appreciate to, that. Yeah. To, to get there. And I would also like to kind of elaborate just a little bit. Um, we definitely, you know, we highly recommend to all, all of our customers, um, you know, the, the need and the responsibility to, um, you know, carry that gun that you're going to carry. And, you know, we are asked, you know, with regards to, you know, especially first time shooters or, or, or more novice or those that are just getting into it, which, you know, I, I want to kind of tell every you know the, the listeners out there that they need to realize that you know we all started a first time with with you know when are we going to carry or you know right, what, yeah. you know am I going to carry every day or you know am I going to carry you know with with one in the chamber or am I not going to carry with one in the chamber or whatever um, but we we definitely stress to our customers and 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 instead of just coming in and and where we kind of try to set ourselves apart here at Powder and String is um, trying to educate the customers and so we use you guys. Um, you know, with, with a lot of our customers, we're handing out your card and, and, and kind of good and, and explaining to them, you know, what you can offer. But with, with specific to lady shooters, um, you actually do a ladies only course and a ladies only league too, right? I do. Yeah. And I haven't done one for a while and I've had some, some folk asking about it. Well, I take that back. I did do a, uh, just a, it was what they called a, an introduction to handguns, basic safety and, you know how to deal with them, how to clean them, how to shoot them a little bit. Uh, that was a ladies-only class. That I've had some cons- or, uh, ladies-only basic handgun and concealed carry classes. And when the weather's nicer, I have a, a ladies' pistol league mm-hmm. that they get together once a week, shoot some rounds, and we keep track of their score. And you know, after I think they they run for five or six weeks, depending on you know how I feel at the time. Mm-hmm. But they, uh, you know, we keep track of their score and they kind of see how they. You know, not only stack up against each other, but how they progress from brand new shooters up to you know, been shooting right. for six or seven now that's weeks. That's got to be now. kind of a feeling. And, you know, and it's really as an instructor, that's that's the best feeling. Uh, and I've told several people that is, you know, you know, being able to to teach like my son, for example, or mm-hmm. some of the other ladies to, that are shooting, not some not other ladies, but your ladies that shoot, that you know, to watch them when they can shoot at as good as me or better, that's the ultimate goal well, of any instructor. You shooting, I mean, that's not yeah. a very but Like somebody like Andrew or something like that. Yeah. Right? You know, you shooting, you're not a very good shot. But. Well, that's <laughs> low standards, but no. <laughs> I, I, am, I say that uh, kidding. Um, yeah. Mike uh, is a crack shot, to say uh, at least. But, you know, I've got one lady out there, um, and I won't mention her name because I don't know how she'd feel about it, but um, I've watched her. She, she just started – you know, brand new shooting. Her and another lady came to the range. They got involved with our uh, steel challenge. We hold a, a steel challenge shooting match on the second Saturday of each month out there. Well, when she first started coming out, she was shooting towards the bottom of, of everybody. Mm-hmm. And the last one we had, you know, and you know, she wanted, she liked to shoot. You know, in fact, I sent her down here and she bought a Glock forty four, the twenty two. Oh, well, thank you. And uh, in fact, both of them did. Great. And uh, they. Uh, um, they came out. They each bought memberships. They came out. They come out once once a week at least and practice. And the one lady 
that has been doing the more practicing. And, you know, I've worked with our coach Stur and things like that. She shot uh, second place this last time. That's awesome. In the steel challenge. And that's, that's, that's really so, what it's and that's, all about. And that's, it is nice because during our ladies league, I've got a lot of first time shooters or shooters, ladies that have never shot before. And it's more than just a league. Cause it's, it's actually when they come out, we talk about safety. I talk about fundamentals of marksmanship, how to shoot, how to stand, how to hold the gun, you know, squeeze the triggers, line the sights up, all that kind of stuff. And I do that with them during the league as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's really fun to watch ladies that have never shot before come out for the first time and not know how to even put rounds in a magazine or which way to put the magazine in, how to hold a gun, or you know they just they look lost. Yeah, yeah, we see that a lot in the shop too. Yeah, especially. and then at, by the fifth or sixth week, they're coming out, they're unbagging their weapon, they're laying their magazines out, they've already got them loaded, they're waiting to give the range commands. It's like they've done it forever. Yeah, and that that is a really nice feeling to watch them go from knowing absolutely nothing to to really understanding and, and shooting well. Mm-hmm. And um, it's funny because when we started the league this year, I was shooting smaller uh, targets. Well, everybody was shooting – or I'm sorry, I was shooting the bigger targets. Well, everybody started shooting so well, I had to actually either increase the distance they were shooting or mm-hmm. make the target smaller. That's great. Yeah. And it is, it's a lot of fun to watch. So. Well, and in the shop here, we see a lot of times, you know, I think one of the <laughs> – and 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 I'm, I'm going to ask you right here. You know, I guess I've never ran this past you, but you know, it's always nice to have, uh, you know, a second or a third opinion. Um, we, we, especially with first time shooters, we'll ask them when they walk in. You know, are you going to shoot this gun? Plan on shooting this gun? Five hundred, you know, shooting at five hundred rounds a year or more. Yeah. And that's you know kind of from a training standpoint. And and generally when we ask them that, it's it's kind of twofold. It's one to ask them, you know. To, to kind of explain that you have a responsibility that you need to train with this mm-hmm. in, in the time, right. God forbid the time come that you need to use that weapon. Are you going to know how to use it? Right. But the other part of it is, is trying to help them choose that, choose that, the right gun. The right gun. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody wants to, you know, they see on the TV and on the movies and everything, they see the black, you know, big black gun, yeah. you know, and it's a semi-auto gun and, right. and all that. But do they know where the mag release is? Do they know, you know, what's going to happen if, if the if the gun jams or if it has a stovepipe or, you know, you know, does it have a safety, manual safety or is it, you know, right. trigger safety or whatever? Well, and, and that's something too that, especially during our concealed carry classes, we talk about how you choose the right gun for you. And the biggest mistake that I see especially for women, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially if their husbands or boyfriends or whoever is buying the gun for them, they're shooting the big 45 or the 9 millimeter, so they get them the smaller version of it. Mm -hmm. Well, the problem is the smaller the gun, the harder it is to hang on to, Mm -hmm. and the more it's going to kick because you're shooting the same round. Mm -hmm. So it makes a big difference on when you choose a gun for self-defense. It's got to fit your hand. Number one, it's got to be 100% reliable. Every time you pull that trigger, you know it's got to go off, and so... What, what I always teach people is that's not the time to take the lowest bid. Right. Or, you know, that's, that's or I've, I've got $200, so I'm going to buy a $200 gun. Yeah. If you've got 200 bucks, save, save your money a, until you can buy a good one. Yeah. I uh, agree you know, with that. it's like anything else. You get what you pay for. Well, and, and to take that even a step back and even more fundamental or more basic than that is, you know, what we, we try to, to communicate here in the shop is, is the, the best everyday carry gun is the one that you're going to carry. That's the one you're going to carry. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you're carrying, you know, using the analogy you talked about, you know, you know, earlier. And and one of the things that we find here in the shop is, um, and, and not trying to to categorize it or anything like that, but we see a lot of times, you know, you've got, you know, the, the tried and true, the old 1911. And, and obviously 
it, it speaks for itself and that weapon is what it is, but you, you've, you've got your 1911, uh, crowd and then you've also, you and then you've got your, your, your non 1911 right. crowd. Yeah. And, and what I find is, is that if they're, if they're a 1911 crowd, then th- that's the only weapon. That's the only one. That's good. Yeah. And if they're, if they're, you know, and, and, and they, you know, they may not be as, um, as uh, uh, keen to a to, to the plastic gun, quote unquote. Right. But if you have the you know the the person that's more open to to um, you know polymer guns or or you know striker fire yeah, yeah. exactly. Thank you. Um, they also can can appreciate a 1911. But one of the things that people don't don't um, may not think about is that 1911 is heavy. It is. And and you're carrying that gun and and you know 99.99 percent of the time plus. You're, that thing's just going to be sitting on your hip, right? And so, if it's that heavy, you know, then you're running to you know to the store to you know grab a, a gallon of milk at the quick shop, and all you of a sudden you, yep, yep. you leave it in the car because it's heavy, or you didn't put it on because you'd already gone in for the night, and, right? You know, um, and that's the time that you need it. So we try to stress to people, you know, what is the EDC? What what's that's the one you're going to carry, and what are you most comfortable? Well, with? and the other thing that I, I I like to talk to them about is. You know, you don't you don't buy a car unless you go drive it. Yes. Don't get a gun until you go shoot it. I can't mm-hmm. tell you the number of times I've had folks come to the range. They've just bought this gun. They go out to shoot it, and they can't shoot it. It doesn't fit their hand, or the trigger pulls too too long, or whatever reason it might be. And they just they they they've got this gun now that they don't know what to do with. They don't like it. Um, I you know I've got guns at the range, and I, I stress to people come out. Try them. I won't. I won't charge you to try them, mm-hmm. uh, and then try them. You know, shoot them. See if you like them. See if they work for you, and then then go buy the gun that fits you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy to help people. You know, show them how to fit the gun to their hand. You know, the there's a certain thing that you do to make sure the grip is right, and you know how it feels good because you know it's got to feel good. It's got to be easy to operate. It's got to be dependable. Um, you know, and it's got to be the right caliber size. For the person shooting, yes, absolutely. You know, so yeah. you know, because one of the things that you know, I've I've argued with people about, or not I've had discussions about, uh, is whether or not a twenty-two is a good self-defense gun. Yeah, we, we get that question a lot. Good self-defense round, and I'm going to tell you, from my law enforcement experience, I've worked many many deaths involving a twenty-two, either self-inflicted, accidental, whatever it is. The thing that I've always taught for years is it doesn't matter how big your bullet is. It matters your shot, your shot placement, placement, where you put yep. that round. Absolutely. Um, for someone that doesn't shoot a lot, doesn't practice a lot, is afraid of the nine millimeter, the recoil, things like that. You know, if a, a, a twenty-two may be a better option. You know, it's not the ideal round. No, I don't think so. It's not going to have that knockdown power that people. Well, talk and about. we'll talk about knockdown power here in a second. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you take a twenty-two, forty grain bullet, mm-hmm. and shoot four or five rounds real quick and accurate. That's 200 grains of lead you've just put in that person. There you go. That's the same as a 45 ACP. There you so, go. Yeah, uh, never thought of it like that. That's great. And, you know, and, you know, if they don't flinch, they don't jerk, and they put shots on target, that's what counts. Because when I teach our law enforcement, the thing that I always tell them is, you know, it's my job to teach them how to shoot, but it's also my job to teach them or to get them to where they're going to su- survive a shooting. Yeah, well, and, and it just when you said that, that you know, given that explanation, that scenario with – the 22, mm-hmm. it immediately made my brain, you know, being here in the shop and working with customers, it immediately started making me think of buckshot, yeah, shotguns. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, 410. I mean, yeah. you know, so 
when you start doing that that you know addition in that way, right? Um, boy, that sure makes a lot of sense with well, regards to. And you're gonna have you're gonna have decent penetration with a 22. Absolutely, especially close and, range. And you know some of the they the, some of the newer 22 ammo that's that's called self defense. Yeah, ammo, federal punch. You know that's that's good here. ammo. Yeah. And you know for people that you know smaller people or people that don't shoot a lot, that's as far as I'm concerned, that's better than not. Well, and than just, shooting and missing. Let's just let's just you know talk about the elephant in the room: the price of ammo. Yeah, you know, and twenty two. Right, you know that's you know that that's a lot less expensive. Oh yeah, and 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 most of your major, you know, Glock, uh, Glock Sig, um, Ruger, you know, m- mm-hmm. your major, um, you know, semi automatic um, weapon manufacturers. I mean, even down to the night, you know, going to the nineteen eleven, coming yep. back full circle, they have a twenty two version. Right, and and that is one thing that we also talk about in the shop here is is that. You know, from a training standpoint, we definitely saw it, you know, uh, an uptick in this with the recent, you know, shortages of ammo and right. shortages of guns is the popularity of those, you know, like for using Glock, a, you know, a, a, a G44 right. or, mm-hmm. you know, SIGS 322 that just, you know, recently came out. Those weapons are all, you know, for the, the vast majority of them, the functions are the same. Right. The platform's sure. the same. The guns are the same. So... From a training standpoint, we've even seen you know seasoned, very seasoned shooters oh, yeah. come in and get that weapon for that very. So it's muscle me, memory, me included, you included, because uh, you know the Glock forty four is the same exact size as a Glock nineteen. Mm-hmm. It's l- lighter, but it's cheaper to shoot, so you can practice with it. And I, you know, quite honestly, I found the more I shoot mine, the more I like shooting the twenty two. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you know, as as a trainer, it's easier for me sometimes to teach people to shoot a twenty two first, and then. Advance them up if they want to a nine millimeter, forty-five, or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Uh, simply because when you're first learning to shoot, obviously you want to make it as enjoyable as you can and not have the shooter get frustrated. Uh, be able to hit the target and not be afraid of the gun. Starting them out with a twenty-two is, Snap. is, is, talk, is a good way to do that. Snappy, you know. We talk right. You know, the, people, you know, talk about it. Well, that's just not a very enjoyable gun to shoot. And right. And what they're talking about is is that recoiled. You know, it's yeah. It's just you, well, you're not going to shoot. You know, a, a, a four fifty four Casol or a five hundred Smith and Wesson. You're not going to shoot fifty rounds oh, of that. Yeah. Where you know, <laughs> not enjoy it. Yeah. Or <laughs> yeah. Or you'll be a little lighter in the pocketbook. Oh but, yeah. But um, y- y- you go out to the range and and it's it's not. Um, it's it's very common to, to run through fifty or hundred rounds of oh, nine millimeter easily, and if yeah. you look at twenty two, you could you know double or triple that. Right. So, yeah. um, it goes back to the enjoyability, which also kind of comes back full circle to your everyday carry. What's right? What's well, and that's just it. I've right had people choice. ask me, you know, well, because we do comp, you know a lot of competition shoots, little mm-hmm. matches and stuff at the range. A lot and, of them, and they ask me, they say, is you know, is that good training? Well, and I tell them, I said, anytime that you got a gun in your hand. And you're pulling the trigger, you're lining the sights up, you're doing your trigger reset, you're doing all them, you're doing the fundamentals, that's good training. That, mm-hmm. that builds your muscle memory, gets you in the habit of, you know, shooting. Mm-hmm. You know, not saying that those are realistic, realistic targets or situations, but like in our steel challenge, you know, they're going to shoot targets anywhere from 10-inch circle to a 18 or 16 by 24 square Multiple targets, multiple distances where they got to do target transitions uh, and quick follow-up shots. I said, any of that, that can relate directly to being involved in the shooting. Yeah. So, so you talked about um, you talked about training and and 
muscle memory, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Do you want to kind of elaborate um, before we got started here? You and I kind of oh, yeah. talked about about um, you know with the and, and and also talking about the price of ammo. You yeah. know, uh, well, you know, dry firing a gun. But, well, yeah, we'll talk about that because yeah. we talked about that earlier. Most modern firearms doesn't hurt them to dry fire, and I'm gonna you know I don't. I'm going to say right up front, you know, I'm a, I'm a Glock guy. Mm-hmm. I'm an armor. I know, I know how they function. In dry firing Glocks, and I believe any striker fired gun, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, right. we used to be told there's certain guns that the manufacturers recommend you not. And what I tell everybody Absolutely. is read your, you know, every gun, every new gun you buy comes with an owner's manual. Read it. There's a, there's a good reason for that. So read it. Even if you know the gun, read it because if you are ever involved in a shooting, one of the things I've heard defense attorneys are going to ask is, did it come with an owner's manual? Did you read it? Well, why didn't you read it? You know, things like that. So, but for a, for liability standpoints and also for a knowledge standpoint, you know, read the, read it, know how to take it apart, know how to clean it, see what the what the manufacturer recommends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as far as training goes, you know, back um, several years ago. Um, there was a big push. They thought everybody thought the the government was going to take our guns, so people just flooded out and just bought up guns uh, for because they wanted a gun in their house for self defense, for protection, whatever it might be. Uh, the problem is they bought the guns, they bought the ammo, and they put it in the drawer by their dresser and yeah. never trained with it. And to me, that is that is absolutely more dangerous and worse than not having a gun at all. Because what you have then is someone that never had a gun, never held a gun in their life, never shot it, never practiced with it. And now uh, they they own a gun, and if you think about it, in Kansas we're a constitutional carry. You don't need a you don't need a concealed carry permit and to carry to more and more states. I think we're up to yeah. like twenty. I think we might even be over over twenty. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, but you know you can carry concealed or in the open. And the analogy or the the example that I make is when people talk about that, you know, because they ask me, they said, "Well, they don't need a concealed carry class. What's the point of it?" One is. We get that question a lot in the shop here, too, and we, yeah, we and highly we tell them, recommend. Yeah, not only for the training, especially the for the training, but if you go out of state, uh, some states require you to, if you want to carry concealed, you got to have a permit. Mm-hmm. Also, it helps you when you go to buy a gun. Absolutely. You don't have to, the, you don't have to do the background yeah, the, check and well, things you, like you that. You do the background check. You just, it doesn't have to be submitted, so you can. Yeah. You, you don't have to take the chance of Right, you of still feel the form out. Right, like absolutely. Yep. Um, but the, the, the example that I give folks is, if you think about it, some guy can come into your store here, never had a gun in his life, um, get a 1911 45, buy the ammo for it, buy a holster, put that holster on after he passes a background check, leave the store and go to Walmart. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if something happens at Walmart, they're out there, they're going to save the day because they've got their concealed carry gun, never trained with it. But how would you feel if that happened and your family was in a store where that untrained person Brought a gun out and started blasting away. Yeah, well, to take it in, to the other, the other completely other level, there's the uh, you hear stories all the time of you know uh, a trained um, citizen, mm-hmm. you know, you know saves a day. The, Say, yeah, absolutely. The, the gentleman in the the mall in um, was was it it? Minnesota that you know. Yeah, I think just, it was. Yeah, you know, you, you training is is huge, and that's that's one of the main reasons. Obviously, I, I wanted to bring you on here. Um, and 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 really start off our, our podcast series here with, you know, gun responsibility. Um, you know, we all we're in the Second Amendment to be a two A supporter and, and and gun owner. You know, we're 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 all under a high scrutiny and right. and and boy, just one little um, 
foul up or mistake and you know it's just it's just amplified you know so much but then if you take yeah the you know <laughs> if you take the um person that's trained and the person that's that's got the training and everything that's that's really a responsibility well and there's there's more to that training that you're talking about is you know i have I, absolutely you gotta learn how to you know how to shoot the gun but you also in that training needs to be some decision making and understand that it's one thing to be able to go out to the range and shoot a target that's not moving that you're not shooting back at you that's you know out there by itself versus shooting at a for example a football game Mm-hmm. Uh, when you get a stadium full of people, that if you miss your target, mm-hmm. bad things can happen. Yeah, no, you, you've got it. You've got to. If you're going to own a gun, you better know how to shoot it. Uh, and you've got you know the training, and you know once a month at the range is a good start. Yeah. Um, but you know, just like we were talking about the other day, I use it in my classes is compared to um, your kids or grandkids that are on the football team. Yeah. Uh, how often do they practice for a Friday night game? Yeah, at least and, once a day, exactly. if not twice a day, yeah, we had, for months. So many of us, you know, for for a game, former former football players, yeah. two a days. Yeah, for a, for a game on Friday night. Why don't they have? Why don't you put that much training and emphasis on something that you're going to carry, that you're going to defend your life or your family's life with? Absolutely, or protect someone else's life by being able to hit your target. Yeah, so. absolutely, and I can tell you, I've I've heard you say that before. And, and, you know, as obviously somebody who, who is, um, you know, like everyday carry have for 17, 18 years, something like that. Um, I have trained, I, I just like anybody, I'd like to train more, don't mm-hmm. have enough hours in a day. Yeah. Um, but I, when I heard that, I was like, man, that's, that's just, it really resonated with it me. Does, and and yeah. I really like that. That's a great, a great example. of Well, of and it. the whole thing, and you hit on it earlier is, is, is that muscle memory. Um, one of the one of the things that you need to really do is practice and i've i've caught some flack for this in the past on my facebook page because i i put out when i when i teach a basic handgun class i put out on my facebook page you know a tip you know mm-hmm. one how to stand how to grip the gun how to line the sights up well i put on there you know when you're shooting you focus on the front sight focus on the front sight slowly squeeze the trigger well i had people jumping all over me saying you know i'm not going to slowly squeeze a trigger or look at the front sight if i'm involved in a shooting well that's true you're not but what we're talking about is learning to shoot mm-hmm. learning the basics fundamentals because in my basic handgun class that's what i taught i take uh, you know i teach i teach the basics but in my advanced handgun class we transition away from those basics they're still there but you do them enough that your body you train your body for that muscle memory that when you pull that gun out and you point it You've trained yourself where that needs to be so that front sight's there. Uh, in an advanced handgun class, I teach instinct shooting or uh, combat shooting where your focus shifts from the front sight to the target. You look at the target and your muscle memory puts the gun up where it needs to be uh, where you can hit your target then. Uh, so there's a big difference when, I, when we start talking about teaching people to shoot because most of the people that I train to shoot have little or no experience. And so you've got to get them to that point. And unfortunately... Some of the share or some of the officers that that I teach, um, you know, they don't shoot enough for what you know one either because of budgetary restraints or time or whatever it might be. But you know, if you're gonna if it's something that you're gonna carry every day and 
do you know risk your or depend your life or your family's life or everybody around you on you need to practice to where yeah, responsibility it's, it's i mean it's going to be second nature it's just like uh, martial arts you know on in any martial arts thing you, you practice it over and over and over till it's second nature you don't have to think about it mm-hmm. shooting needs to be the same way yeah uh, to where it's second nature and you you understand you know when you pull that gun out and start shooting and it doesn't shoot anymore you got to know is it because of a jam, malfunction, or are you out of rounds, which is also you know a stoppage, mm-hmm. uh, and how to fix it and how to go on? So training is just I can't stress enough on training. Uh, and you know we, we've been talking about you know being involved in shootings and things like that. The other thing I want to really stress that I do in all my classes is pulling that gun out and, sh- and shooting and using it needs to be your absolute last resort. Absolutely. If there's Absolutely. any way to avoid being involved in a shooting, one hundred percent agree with do you. Do not. I mean. Most of the time, these guns are going to cause more problems than they fix, mm-hmm. especially if you use they're, them. Uh, just reiterating, they're just they are one hundred percent a responsibility. Yep, and a they tool, are. Yeah. And if you use them incorrectly or poorly, uh, you'll suffer from now on. So, so let, let's um, speaking with regards to the training, and obviously that's the reason why you know that's 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 what you do. That's you eat, sleep, and breathe it, so to say. Mm-hmm. Um, if if let's talk about we've kind of talked about novice shooters and 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 those that are just getting into it let's mm-hmm. say it's somebody that's you know you say me for example what what are some things so a really you, novice shooter yeah oh no <laughs> yeah <laughs> Man, with friends like you yeah you know, huh? right yeah, exactly thank, yeah. yeah i appreciate that <laughs> but uh you, you know, know you'll beep this part out right yeah, well, yeah, maybe, yeah. We, we might be able to i might be able to slide a <laughs> slide a, a, a five or ten dollars over okay. you know, yes, i don't know 20 oh, yeah. price is going up so. <laughs> but so you know somebody that that's not novice what mm-hmm. what wh- what do you have to say to them and what do you what do you recommend for them? Well, let me give you an example. Yes. Uh, I still do, like I said, I still do some of the farmers training. As long as it's not guys. me again. No, it's not. It'll be someone okay, else. all right, but, yeah. Uh, once a year, I still have our SWAT guys, the mm-hmm. high-speed, low-drag, really good shooters. I still take them to the range, and we run through basic fundamentals. Mm-hmm. How, to, how, you know, how to grip the gun, how to line the sides up, how to squeeze the trigger, how to do resets. And we run through drills, because if you don't have – a good foundation, good fundamentals, just like building a house. Well, I think I just saw on your uh, on your Facebook page just here recently um, that the local sheriff's department was doing night training out there. Right. Well, yeah, once a year, maybe sometimes twice a year, we go, we go out, and it's the same thing. It's just a little different dyma- dynamics, you know, uh, with finding your sight. And this is in addition to what they do on their own. Right, yeah. But just the, you know, just the... Uh, uh, if you like, I was going to say, if you build a house and you have a bad foundation, the rest the rest yeah. of your structure is no good. Shooting's the same way. If you don't have a good foundation, good basics, you can't. You limit yourself on how good you're going to get. Mm-hmm. You know, people all the time you hear them say practice makes perfect. Well, that's not true. Perfect practice makes perfect because if you practice bad habits, it's hard to break those habits and get into a good habit, good routine. That's why when I teach my classes, it's easier. That's a great point. If I te- if I if I have a brand new shooter that's never picked a gun up, it's easier to teach them because they don't have any bad habits that I have to try to break. To, to or and women, point. I have to say this: women are easier to teach than men. Yeah, and 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 I I hear that and we see that mm-hmm. and I can actually speak to that um, in my household. <laughs> um, as hard as it is for me to swallow my pride. Um, you know, I've got I've got uh, two daughters and a son, and and the 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 ladies in the house are definitely the best shooters. Well, even even you know, they, I'll, I'll say it better than me. I have to say, and I've got way more experience in shooting than they do. But but, but yeah, but, is it the right uh, experience? And, 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 yeah, you want to talk about um, 
uh, 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 pride and also um, <laughs> a, a, a bite of humble pie yeah. is to go out to the range and shoot with them and. And well, and, and I'll be honest with you, the reason being is they follow instructions. They don't act like they know. Because it's funny, you know, I, sometimes when I'll teach a, just a, like what I call a, a breakout session or just a, you know, a little course, a, a two-hour course for women only, the guys will bring their wives. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because the guys, you'll see them, I'll, I'll be up there teaching their wives or whoever, and they're all standing back there, and you can tell they're intently listening on what I say. Mm-hmm. But they're too proud to admit they don't already know that, right? You know, women aren't like that. They they don't they listen to what you say. They follow instructions as well. <laughs> you know, for the most part, you know, right? There's yeah. we don't there's some exceptions. Yeah, yeah, we don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no. And and you know, I'll tell you, you know, the, something that just came to mind when you're talking about your your snare there with the the, the couples coming out and, and you know husband and wives. Mm-hmm. We see a lot of that in the shop where um, you know the husband's been shooting for a long time and that. You know, oh, for years I've been trying to get her to, you know, to to go shoot with me yeah. or whatever. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're coming in the shop and, you know, one or two or three or, you know, becoming regular, you know, regular oh, acquaintances yeah. in the shop. And and it's something that they can do as a family. They can go out, you know, together. And it was something that and and, and these the, the, the several couples that come to mind with our, you know, customers is these aren't people that were, you know, just, you know, they're, they just got married, you know, a year or two ago, or they, you know, just, they just started, you know, their relationship. These are, these some of these yeah, people are people who have been 30, 40 oh, years yeah. together and they're just enjoying the, the well, shooting sport. And it's funny cause I've seen the same thing. I've got one couple that I can think of. Uh, the guy had been coming out and his, well, his wife ended up coming out with him and they started coming out and shooting the steel challenge. And, you know, we have a Glock practice match and all that. Well, as things go along, I start seeing more of the wife coming out, shooting the ladies' league, shooting a steel challenge mm-hmm. without her husband because he's off watching football somewhere and didn't want to get away or golfing or mm-hmm. doing something else. She's actually spending more time shooting leagues and matches and than he is now. And I've seen in the last couple, two or three years, a big upswing in the number of uh, women shooters coming out brand new to the to the sport. And I say sport because it is. It's like it's just like anything else. It's like fishing, bowling, hunting. Or I mean uh, golf, uh, it's a sport, and we we do more. You know, are you trying to say bowling isn't a sport? I just want to make sure. You oh, got bo- you on bowling's the a sport. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just want to make sure we got you on record. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no. <laughs> for, for I don't the, want to upset any bowlers here. Right. Yeah. But no, it, you know, and it's um, <laughs> yeah. You now need to see maybe lose my train of thought here. <laughs> but no, it is. We do like we talked about. Uh, we do a lot of uh, competitive shooting out there, and I, I hate to use the word competitive because people start thinking. Well, it's a competition. I'm not good enough to do that. I hear this all the time. I'm not good enough to do this. I'll embarrass myself. And, and, and I'm telling you, we have shooters from, you know, from each, I mean, really good shooters and, you know, at the at the bottom of the, of the scale shooters, too. Well, and, you know, along those lines, um, I, I, I want to have you kind of elaborate, but I kind of know the answer um, just because of, of, you know, the industry that I'm mm-hmm. in and, sure. and knowing that. But this is a very welcoming and oh it is and, and you know you might have you know there's several individuals that we know that come to mind that are very experienced shooters that mm-hmm. that you know um know the inside and out of a gun back and forth and how to shoot it how to operate it and 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 all of that and are very welcoming and very uh, helpful and not 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 necessarily coming to not not one of those um you know i always call them a fat belly one upper that mm-hmm. that you know, is coming over and trying to tell them how to do things. These, right. They're they're very um, 
willing to help and they don't want to have that intimidation because right. they know the importance of and the responsibility of this, you know, of this weapon and, and what it can do. But also they were there at one time. Everybody exactly. I, I literally yeah. just had this conversation with 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 one of my daughters this morning. Um um, and I said, you know, at, at one point in time, every single person, it was the first time that they went That's and, right. and bought a gun, went through the background check, 4473, yep. um, you know, how do you load it? Where's the mag release? So is it a revolver? Is it a, you know, is it a, is it a, right. is it a double action or is it a single action? Yep. Is it, you know, um, where's the safety? All of those things. And so this, this, um, industry, you know, by and large, obviously there's, there's exceptions, but by and large is full of people that want to help. Well, a good example of that is I use our steel challenge because that's, that's been our longest running uh, event that we've done. Um, whenever we have one of these, uh, I, I have range officers and safety officers mm-hmm. there. We normally set up five stages and I'll have at least one, if not two range officers per stage. Then I've got one that I designate as a, a safety officer that he kind of oversees everything to make sure safety violations are being or safety uh, they're not being violated things like that. But everyone and I'm very very particular uh, when when I go through the training with our range officers that you know I want that to be an enjoyable experience. I don't want them to be to feel you know, belittled or, you know, felt made to feel, feel yeah. stupid or anything like that. And most of the shooters that we have out there are great people. Um, in fact, you'll see, uh, I've had several come, of them come out that, you know, they, they watch the steel challenge, the range officers explain to them how it works. We do a safety briefing before the match and I explain the match to them. Um, We've had people, their guns will break or they don't have enough magazines. Other shooters loan them guns, load them ammo, right. yeah, uh, exactly. magazines. They're very, very helpful because, you know, like you said, everybody's been there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing I – because as, even as an experienced shooter, I've gone to different ranges, to different matches, yes. and be and made – the range officer made me feel like crap, mm-hmm. you know, like I was just the dumbest thing to walk the earth right yeah and i call those range nazis yeah uh yeah. and that's i don't allow that at, at, at our range yeah and I, I mean i can just you know elaborate or expand on that i mean i've been out there we we y- your facility also um hosts the uh kpoa the yeah. kansas peace officers association and we've been a part of that um for the two years that we've a big know, part of that been, and we appreciate that yeah ab- well we just feel like you know um you know we 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 couldn't be more supportive of of you know second amendment law officers first responders that kind of stuff and that organization is just i mean it's it's the it's the it's the i think it's the bread and butter well, if you will of 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 helping helping those officers and their families in the event that god forbid well, something and happened I, and, just to expand on it a little bit is i'm the chairman of the uh for the farmers committee for the kansas peace officer association okay uh and we are very fortunate to have this is for the entire state of Kansas. Um, they we come together once a year for a, it's a fundraiser, and a hundred. I don't charge the KPOA to use the range. A hundred percent of the entry fees go to support the, uh, like you said, death benefits and scholarships for the for college and things like that for officers' kids. And uh, we host it here in mm-hmm. Wellington. Yeah. Uh, and you know, just a couple of years ago, it used to be strictly law enforcement. Well, we opened yeah. it up. To civilians and it's so it's it's great because we've had we have as many civilian shooters as we have cops. Yeah, and that, that you know that event it's it's a really fun event to be a part of and we just we love it because um, 
you know, especially at the very end when when we the civilian, the yeah, it is a shoot off. But I have to say, I think we've talked about this before. Um, Mike being the Glock guy that he is, <laughs> um, I think he kind of skewed it. Um, well, uh, what I you're mean, talking yeah. about? Because <laughs> um, our civilian shooter, I think it was last year, was a Smith and Wesson, was what he was shooting with. Yeah, and you made them both square off with. with well, the and Glock. see, I did that just to kind of to back fair it up, up a little bit. How we do is is uh, they the civilians and the cops both shoot the same course. Right. So we take at the end of the match, we take I take the. And we give awards on both. Absolutely, for yes. For each stage, for overall shooting, for shotgun match. In fact, you guys gave away shotgun. Yeah. When it, and yeah. Uh, for the top shooter. And uh, so at the end of the match, I take the, the top civilian shooter against the top cop shooter. Well, in the past, I've given them stock, identical Glock 17 pistols mm-hmm. to shoot. Uh, just to, on an even keel, and I supplied, or the sheriff's office here supplied the ammo. Mm-hmm. Just to where the gun, it's all about skill. It shouldn't be about their guns. Right. And... Um, we've got to do something because the higher patrol continues to win that. Yeah, match. and I'm going to tell got, you, we got to get some civilians that for, come out and practice and, and get and try to beat them. From 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 a person that's been out there the last couple of years and actually witnessed, um, um, it, it it is actually very um, it, it it's very uh, I don't know if warming is the right word, but um, the the sense of safety and pride to know that we have shooters of that caliber mm-hmm. um, on the on the you know Kansas Highway Patrol you can absolutely tell where they're at at the range um, oh yeah by the rate of fire and the <laughs> yeah. the almost almost perfect uh, ding that follows that shot um, yeah but it's a it's a great event yeah, it's, a, it's an all steel match and the, the shootout that we're talking about it's a it's a best two out of three and I set up plate rack and falling steel targets and that's uh, I think that's the most popular point of that whole match is they shoot, you know, obviously the buzzer goes off, they start engaging the targets, they got to knock them all over, and I've got two two steel targets in the middle that one set for one side, one set for the other, and they got they have to knock theirs down first to win. Mm-hmm. And we do best two out of three, so we swap sides and do that, and yeah. people love it. That's, yeah. that's a great and, match. And, and that... Um that what month does that take place again? Uh, I do that in June. So in June, yeah, yeah mid. I think it's the second or third week in June. Right. So, so. Um, it's a great event, and you know it's 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 a ton of fun and everything. And and um, you know we also want to you know give a quick shout out on here. You know Leopold, mm-hmm. um, they've they've um, made it you know some donations and, and supported it and Mossberg as well. Mossberg and that was a Henry rifle. Yep. And yeah, that you so gave we, away. Yeah, so. yeah. We we did the Henry uh, Peace Officers rifle. Yeah. So great um, prizes. Great. It was a great event. Um, you know, and the, and the good thing about those prizes, with the exception of the shotgun, all the other guns and prizes that are donated for that, uh, you don't have to be a good shot for them because we give away tickets when you sign up, mm-hmm. and it's a random draw. So everybody, depending yeah. on no matter how your shooting skill is, everybody has the same chance to win right. the, yeah, and you, the guns. You do, do a meal, meal. Well, you know. Yeah. No, I don't put my name in. I don't yeah, want to. No, that's. But yeah, <laughs> but that's yeah, right. Yeah, Meals are, mill we, out there, and they provide it's a, it's meal countryside and, motors. Yeah, uh, they do. Uh, they they provide the food, and so yeah, it's, it's it's a great event. So, so continuing on with regards to training and stuff like that, um, is there anything that that you know we you'd like to elaborate on even more with regards to um, training and and you know your everyday carry? You know, you know the again just. I don't care how much experience you've had, you know, it never hurts to come out and just go through the basics. 
and I'm happy to help. You come to the range and pay the the range fee, which is ten bucks for an hour. If I'm not busy and you want help, I'll help you with it. And I can work with you for about ten or fifteen minutes. Hopefully, he's busy, and one of the other guys can help. Yeah, you well, yeah, like Rusty or something. Yeah, yeah. but <laughs> they. Uh, uh, but just a couple of tips to help you shoot a little bit better. Just some because uh, to build on that foundation. To, yeah, you know, because I'll be honest with you, unless you've had formal training, most people get their firearms training from Uncle Bob or Grandpa or Dad. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's bad because most of the time they teach them very, very good safety things. Mm-hmm. But they, they just don't have the knowledge to know what to teach them as far as to make them shoot better. Yeah. The one thing I learned years ago, uh, a, a friend of mine from a long time back uh, told me, he said, if you want to learn how to do something well, learn from someone that does it well. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah. And so the, a lot of these videos that, that I've watched to help improve my – teaching ability like you know guys like jerry mishlack or todd jarrett or yeah. some of the professional shooters icons these guys and, and do legends. this for a living yeah they're gonna do it well they're gonna perfect the way to do it because that's how they earn their living mm-hmm. and you know nothing obviously you can't apply all of it but a lot of the fundamentals you know yeah in fact i use a, a video from jerry mishlack um great him shooting uh because what i teach in the class he he emphasizes as far as Focusing on the front sight and controlling that trigger is one thing for me to say that, but for a world class professional shooter to to say the same thing really kind of drives it home. Yeah. So and that, it's important. You gotta you gotta have the right training. You gotta and you gotta do it a lot. Um, you know, practice at home. Uh, one of the just a when quick, you say practice at home, we're going back to dry fire. Dry firing. Well, and one of the things that I I'll tell you, when I was with the sheriff's office, I was the patrol captain. Well, we'd have ship what we call shift change meetings at the beginning and end of each shift to pass on information and things like that. Well, I was also the range master and farms instructor for the county, so I knew that we was getting ready to have a, a pistol qualification. So just a, a little experiment I did was I had it shift change each day. I had first shift, come in a little early, and we unloaded, made our guns safe, and I pra- had them practice drawing, coming up, and dry firing mm-hmm. for five minutes. I, said, I, I told them, I said, do the same thing at home. We did that for a month prior to the qualifications. Uh, I didn't have second or third shift do that. When we went to the range, first shift, uh, all their scores were about 15 to 20% higher, and every one of them qualified first time out. Second and third shift, you know, we had a few that, you know, their scores were about the same, a little bit lower, uh, and some of them had to shoot a couple times to qualify. Uh, well, so just go. that, just that. The little proof bit is in the pudding. Drawing, dry firing, and you know, building that muscle memory and getting familiar with your gun. You got to be familiar with your gun. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, and, and so I want to. Um, I'm I'm going to put myself on the spot here, but you know, we talked about what earlier. What's the right everyday carry to choose? Um, and you know, with regards to um, you know putting putting out there like Smith and Wesson, we've talked about them. Mm-hmm. They've got um, you know the EZ line that that they released. Um, you know, several yep. years ago, yep. and Ruger um, just here recently. I think it was just this week, actually, um, released a um, similar uh, product line. Um, I think it's uh, chambered in three eighty, mm-hmm. um, but it's an easier rack. It's an easier slide. And we're talking about semi-auto weapons right. here. But when when a customer comes in the shop, especially you know the the first time, if you will, customer or, or somebody that's looking, um, and it happens. Um, I mean, I would, I would say it's almost daily that one of us, uh, you know, out on the floor have that question of is what is it? Mm-hmm. Um, what, one of the things that I personally, you know, um, I kind of elaborated on it earlier is I said, 
you know, are you going to shoot at 500 rounds? But the next question that, that, that I see is pretty common is, um, you know, can you rack the slide? Right. And if you can't rack the slide and, and a lot of people, a lot of people as they get older, it's, you know, it's harder to get their fingers and hands to, to work. I'm not saying anything. You're the oldest one in the room, but, um, Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know, what you know, <laughs> guys like, you know, your age and older. Have, oh yeah. Cause um, uh, seniors. Yeah. Seniors. There yeah, you go. Thanks, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, you are, you know, I, yeah, I room. just I go on Medicare next month. AARP. Yeah. Oh, yeah. um, well, I've been anyway. There yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but being honest, you know, and and so a lot of times we will migrate to a revolver. Yeah, and that's not a bad choice. And and I'll I'll you know for most most of the time the reaction that we get is well that's an old cowboy gun and it's not mm-hmm. you know it's not as reliable and it's not going to be. Um, you know, as, as accurate and it's not going, you know, all these negatives and, and, you know, kind of what my response is, is that, you know, yeah. if you take a hammerless, you know, 642 and it's real simple, you pull the trigger. And so, you, you know, and that's right there. One of the things that I recommend when you're choosing a gun, not only has got to be reliable, it's got to fit your hand, but it's got to be easy to operate. Mm-hmm. You know, and not to say anything bad about the 1911s because they're one of the best guns ever made. Yeah, one, two world wars. Exactly. But I've seen it too many times on the range. I recommend for a, a self-defense gun that you have one that does not have an external safety you have to flip. Yeah, and that's something we get we, we, we get here in and, the shop and all the, the time. the only reason I say that is they're not, not saying they're bad, but if if you have those like a 1911, you've got to practice with them. Mm-hmm. You've got to train yourself because I can't tell you the number of times I've been on the range with officers and well, civilian shooters. And, and real quick, just to, to, to touch base on that, you said an external safety. There's yeah. still safeties. Oh, they're on. Yeah, there's like, like well, uh, I know Glocks, so I'll, I'll give those for an example. There are three safeties built into that gun. They're a very, very safe gun. Uh, they're all activated by pulling the trigger, which is just like a revolver. Mm-hmm. Okay, An external safety is something that you have to flip on the outside of the gun to make the gun shoot. And what I found is on the range, when I give that fire command, you see the officers come up or the shooter come up, pull the trigger, and the gun dips about two inches because they forget to take the safety off. And then they got to take the safety off and then shoot. And in, 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 in that event or that instance where you need to use that and have that weapon readily available – you know, in, in that time, what's that's, you, you, that's you know, that you know it better than me. What's the time frame you have? It's uh, what I, and one of the drills I do with our officers is I put up a human sized steel target at 10 yards. Uh, and they're in their holster and their hands are in front of them. Like they're holding a ticket book or, you know, writing on something. And I have a shot timer and the buzzer goes off. They've got, they've got one and a half seconds to draw and put two rounds on target. Yeah, and if they forget to take the safety off, they're going to lose. Because the person that's going to win the gunfight is the one that puts the first one, two, three accurate shots on target. Yes, and so and one and a half seconds seems like a lot, really fast. One and a half to two seconds—that's absolutely doable by anybody, mm-hmm. just with a little bit of practice. Yeah, and if you know if you forget to take that safety off, because you got to remember as you're drawing and shooting, your bad guy may be doing the same thing to you. Yeah, maybe already out, and not having to draw. Right. So exactly, you know, getting some cover and putting accurate shots on target is what's going to make you win a, a, a gunfight. Yeah, absolutely. So with the everyday carry, when um, we've kind of hit on there, it's the one you're going to carry. Right. And the thing that I recommend is I know guys that they've got a different gun for every season. Well, and 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 I'm glad you said that because one of the things that that I would tell you is is that 
my everyday carry is not the gun that I most enjoy shooting when I go to the range. Mm-hmm. I, I personally carry a SIG P365. Mm-hmm. But I carry that because it's compact, it's smaller, mm-hmm. it's more concealable. But that's not to say that I don't train with that. Well, and that's true. I mean, just like me, now I'm carrying a, a, a Glock 42, 380. Mm-hmm. A lot, most of the time I'll carry a Glock 43X. It's the same. Everything works the same. Mm-hmm. The thing that I don't like to see is someone one day carry a Smith & Wesson, another, and then it's a SIG. And a, yeah, I'm, great. I'm glad you brought that up because that's another thing that we talk about here in the shop is, is that, um, and going back to the couples and, and stuff like that is, is that, you know, using, um, you know, again, we, we keep talking and going back to Glock and by, you know, as I just mentioned, I, I, I don't carry a Glock. Mm-hmm. I, um, we're not trying to, to yeah, I'm not pushing push any, them. Yeah. You might be. Uh, I'm pretty sure you might have. I think you got Glock underwear, but um, <laughs> no, well, yeah, I'm pretty sure you do. Yeah, thanks. Buddy. Anyway, um, but the familiarity of it, so right. that way you can go from you know the 44 to the right. 19 because they're all the the same platform. They all operate the same. What I don't want the angle is of grip is the same. The same right, going from like a Glock trigger pull to a long double action double action only sig trigger pull right or revolver uh so keep the gun the same and your carry gun and i'm going to upset some of my friends i know probably clint turner at williams gunworks don't do not modify your carry gun leave it stock don't put a trigger job on it don't i mean you can put different sights and things like that but the internal workings of the gun leave them stock because if you mess with them and you make that gun, sometimes you'll make it where it won't operate. It won't work. Uh, you start messing with the internals of the gun. Well, I've even heard with regards to, um, you know, the once you've once you've dispatched that weapon and had to use it, God forbid it ever come up, and then you've got the legal side. Right. And they're going to take that gun apart, especially if it was a, a bad shooting or accidental shooting. And I'll tell you right now, I know for a fact, because I'm a Glock guy, uh, Glock will not stand behind that gun anymore. You take full responsibility for anything that you've done. Mm-hmm. And if it's something that has made that gun go off prematurely or accidentally and someone's hurt from it, you assume the entire liability for that. And what I tell people all the time is, you know, don't mess with the gun. The gun right straight out of the box, any of these guns, are going to shoot better than we can shoot them. Yeah, and that's one of the things that we, we you know, in the shop, I, I very common, and not just with handguns, with, with almost all guns, you know, people ask me, you know, what's the right weapon? What's the, mm-hmm. you know, or ask any of our sales staff or whatever. But what I try to explain to people is, is that the stock manufactured gun, right. 95% of the shooters, myself included, cannot extract the full potential exactly. out of that weapon. You're exactly right. And so where you know, you're going to get that, the difference is training. Well, and that's what I tell people. Instead of sp- spending $200 on a fancy trigger to drop in your gun, Spend that money on ammo. Go to the range and learn how to shoot it. Okay, and and, and uh, also just want to be real clear, you know, th- the upgrades and stuff like that. And and you'd mentioned, um, uh, what's his name in uh, Wichita? The oh Williams Williams Gunwork. Gunwork. yeah, great work. Oh, does wonderful awesome. work. Yeah. yeah, and we're not by any means not no no no. Them. And now, and there's absolutely there's a market for that. One hundred percent. Any any gun that you bring to range for, con- and I've got some. I've got some that have been modified. You know, but it's just guns I use at the range. If they malfunction, I may lose a match, but I won't lose my life. Right. So the and, gun and, that you carry needs to be stock. Anything else, you can do whatever you right. want. Right, and that's what I think I want to make sure that, that we're, we're clear on that is, is that, 
for for more experienced shooters, you know, we were we were talking about everyday carry in that right. comment. Right. This is, you know, for more experienced shooters or people that might have multiple weapons, absolutely then you can look at Oh, you absolutely. Know, upgrading yeah. them, put your triggers, drop in triggers, triggers, all that, and it will it will make a difference. Comps. Oh yeah, it'll make a difference to. And what I found in the past, it makes a difference to the really good shooter, but the average shooter doesn't get as much out of those types of upgrades. Uh, I would agree with you. So, yeah. You know. Another thing I wanted to ask you about is with regards to lights, lasers. Mm -hmm. What you know. I'll what give you my you, opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and 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 I'm gonna maybe I'm setting myself up again, but one of the things that that we explain to customers in the shop, you know, when you're especially the ones that are, you know, again we go back to first time, but even those that are more, you know, more experienced and they've bought other weapons is is that you do have again responsibility. Mm -hmm. You've got a responsibility to know what is on the other side or what's out there. What is behind? Is right. that really and truly a bad guy? That's right. Um, and and that so, with regards to lights and lasers, and it also kind of goes back, you know, all involving to everyday carry. What are you going to carry? What's most comfortable? Holsters, and mm -hmm. what weapons and light combinations do are available out there for you know comfortable holsters. Right. Um, I personally carry an Alien Gear holster. Love it. Um, I like. I've I've used them for a lot of years. Um, and they've got a vast selection. I'm by no means, uh, that's not the only holster that I, that I use, but that's the one that, that I use for my everyday carry. Mm -hmm. Um, but with regards to lights and lasers, one of the things that, that I also explain to people is, is that, you know, when something goes bump in the night, what is it that's going bump in the night? Right. Well, and it's good that you brought that up because, um, one of the things that if you, in order to be able to use deadly force against someone, you've got to, you've got to. The only time that you can use deadly force to protect yourself or anyone else is if, if you feel your life is an imminent threat of, of death or great bodily harm. Okay, in order to do that, there's three things that you have to to know at the time that you pull that trigger. Okay, um, you know, and one of them is you've got to identify your threat. Yes. Okay, and if you don't, if you can't see your threat, how can you say it was a threat? So I think lights are a wonderful thing. I have a absolutely. I I'm not a big fan at all of lasers. Okay. And the, the reason I say that is because I used to have a laser on my gun. In in a lot of the lasers in in bright daylight, you can't see them. And I would tell you they, 100 percent red out. red yeah. no. Yeah, and they, if you're going to put a laser, I always recommend to people to to use a green one because yeah. And, and I'm and maybe I'm going to step on your toes here or or take the words out of your mouth, but it would probably be a better thing. But if you have that laser, then you become lazy. And well, you not only that, but and you I rely on it, it. It takes me longer to shoot because, especially, you know, if you're at five feet, ten feet, you know, just about anything will work as far as trigger control. The laser is not going to move around. But if you get back fifteen yards and you put that laser on your target, you're going to see it moving all over the place, and it's mm -hmm. harder to, you know. And it's what I found when I had it on mine is I was waiting for the laser to get right exactly right and then you jump on the trigger and you end up missing farther mm -hmm. so i'm not and the other reason one of the one of the times that um, that really made me uh, as far as when we were on the, the swat team at one point we all had lasers on our guns well i can remember vividly we made an entry into a house one night and everybody flicked their lasers on and he had eight lasers 
floating around everywhere. And nobody knew which Who's lasers. Laser? Yeah, that's a great point. So if you've got if you got a couple of people, you know, and you're shooting lasers, you know, you know, there's there's a place there's for a them. place for them. Mm-hmm. But well, and what, what we do in the shop, and 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 maybe I'm I'm running this by you. It's something we've never really talked about before, and and I'm you know great great platform to do that is is that for a lot of first time buyers or the ones that were you know when we ask them the question, are you really going to go out and shoot every month? Mm-hmm. Are you really going to shoot 500 rounds? Are you going to practice? Are you going to put 500 rounds minimum through this gun in, in the next 12 months? If they say no, and and maybe maybe that is somewhat creating a crutch for that person but again i go back to responsibility mm-hmm. you know there's a there's a responsibility to make sure that what you're you're that if you have to to dispatch that weapon and use it in that scenario right. god forbid that you know what you're shooting at or you, you know well and the thing the thing that i found is you know and when we teach or when i teach basic handgun so so let me finish i guess okay. i didn't finish my stop and and i realized i didn't really finish my thought there but is Maybe for different experienced somebody like you, who's obviously experienced and knows what they're doing, maybe the laser is not is a is a is a hindrance. Whereas somebody who's not well um, as experienced, and so that there's my could, question. It could be, it could be, but when we when I teach the basic handgun, we teach them to focus on the front side. Okay, but I you know like I said, once they get past that basic and they start doing their instinct shooting, they don't look at that so much at the front side anymore. Okay, mm-hmm. I've talked to officers that have been involved in shootings. Uh, and, and other individuals, and asked them, said, you know, when you brought that gun up and pulled that trigger, did you see your front sight? And almost every one of them says, hell, I didn't even see my gun. I didn't. Yeah. All I saw was the bad guy. Yeah, and we had a we had a, a retired um, a retired um, law enforcement um, individual in here recently, and he was involved, um, and he was um, national, federal, mm-hmm. and he was involved in a shooting in and, and you mm-hmm. know you're talking about somebody and and I know him I mean this guy knows guns yeah. and can shoot and um was in that unfortunate situation where a bad guy you know came at him and he had to you know dispatch yep. his weapon and he said the exact same yeah. thing well and that and that gets me back to the lasers is depending on how they're activated how you turn them on you may not even see that laser because well, that kind of like kind of like a safety manual safety exactly mm-hmm. you know when you bring that gun up and now, to go back to my training, uh, we uh, on SWAT and the rest of uh, the other law enforcement, we use simunitions, which are basically paintballs that mm-hmm. you shoot out of your Glock pistols mm-hmm. or any you know pistol. And during that training, I a lot of times played the bad guy. Well, I got to the point where I, I want to. Uh, can I participate next time if you're the bad guy? Oh, you bet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I got to where I would wear gloves more than any other in my face protection, because what I found was. When I'd bring my gun up to shoot at the cops, all they saw was that gun, and that's what their focus was. And I got hit in the hands and the gun more than anywhere else. So that tells me that they weren't looking at anything but that gun. And that's the same thing that the other officers I've talked to and other folks been involved in shootings said the same thing. All they saw was that big-ass gun coming up. So, no. uh, and so, you know, that's we're talk- when we're talking about lasers, you may or may not see it. So. Yeah. So kind of, Mike, to, to, to kind of come to an end and, and, and draw this to an end, first of all, thank you very much for being a part My of pleasure. this. Yeah. Um, we really appreciate it. And your expertise, obviously, it, it speaks for itself. Um, your, your, your outdoor range out there, Trigger Guard, uh, you've got a, 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 I've got a rifle. Website. 
Oh yeah, you, I've you got, got a rifle range. Actually, we've got I've got six pistol bays that are right. 20, 20, 25 yards, and I've got a hundred and forty yard rifle range. Right. Yeah. Uh, shotgun. Shotgun. Well. Actually, the high school trap team practices out. Yeah. There. So I allow shotguns, rifles, pistols. Yeah. So Great anything. facility. Um, I hear a lot of times to people that have either you know come into the shop and only been out there the first time or just a couple of times, um, even coming from you know other areas, you know bigger metropolitan areas. Um, just how nice of a facility it is, and I can attest to it. It's just it's well, got a great it, yeah. got a great setting. It's got a great laid back atmosphere. Um, it's it's definitely first class. But um, you know, you got an online your website. Your online at, at website is triggerguardonline.com. Yeah, social media, Facebook page. Yeah, uh, with trigger guard. So yeah, and uh, you, people you, ask me all the time. I've, I had to change my address because the people kept getting lost. Easiest way to get to it is from the McDonald's or the Dollar Tree or store mm-hmm. that is out there, yep. two miles north and a half mile east. Yeah, because the Google, so, um, if you put your address in the Google, it'll Maps, take you either yep. two miles north or seven miles south. Yeah, so, so if you're ever in the you know the, the this area of the Midwest, um, great facility, great place to stop. A um, lot of knowledgeable people out there to shooting, and we hear, um, you know, like I said, in the shop here we get a lot of. Of, of shooters well i mean obviously you know we kind of started the show talking about um your son and and doug yeah i mean clearly you know yeah. those guys can shoot yeah i mean they're, they can yeah. they're, they, they've been to to multi you know state big state you know level yeah. shoots and and have placed first so those guys can shoot but a great staff great facility and i just can't you know um you know promoted enough that it's 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 something that you're going to get a great and it's a great atmosphere too i think that's the, the thing is well, too. It's, an, it's a you gotta try you know we, like you said we're, we are very laid back except for when it comes to safety right correct you know, yeah the rest of it you know we'll joke yeah. around we'll get and i'll start making fun of you once i get to know you better right well and it's 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 very easy to make fun of mike too because he's <laughs> i'm easy <laughs> yeah he's an easy target <laughs> but but i think one of the things that you know we feel like here in powder and string and why it's so easy to 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 work with you and, and everything is is that you know we're that we we, we tout ourselves as being that hometown shop right um, we're we're not high pressure we're yeah. very you know we want to make sure that you're getting into what you need and what you want and that you're um, you're 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 satisfied. Well, I got to tell you too. I've been in a lot of gun shops. You've got a you've got a really nice top rate. You got a lot of stuff here. You got good displays. A lot of guns, ammo. It's, it's well, thank you. We, it is. It's we, nice. We definitely um, we we work our butts off here to try and make yeah. sure that we've you can got tell, yeah we've got inventory. Um, you know, we started this thing. Um, you know, I. March will be two years, and so Man. we couldn't have, um, you know, when I started talking to, you know, to my distributors and those in the industry, telling them I was going to start a, a shop, they're like, well, you couldn't have picked a worse time. Worse time, that's you, right, yeah. But it was also a good time, but you couldn't have picked a worse time to try and get inventory, and, and we had a goal of of having between 30 and 50 guns, you know, to sell, and <laughs> and we, we started with 70, and, yeah. and it's been it's been you know gradually going up from there if you will but one of the things that we pride ourselves in is having that stuff that you don't find anywhere else yeah yeah but where i kind of and i don't want to you know sit here and that that wasn't the reason for the podcast the reason why i kind of brought that up is is that the natural feel is is your your facility is kind of got that 
you know, just kind of that old school, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's not the tactical, it's not the, and we're not the tactical. Right. Now we can, you know, we, we, we there's a, definitely there's a, can build ARs. There's a we place for that can, too. And that's just, you know, us. yeah, we can definitely, you know, do all of that. Um, and we're going to kind of elaborate that on, on that in some of our future podcasts, but we're a full service shop. Yep. Um, you know, we've got an in-house engraver, we've got an in-house uh, gunsmith, do machine work, you know, hot bluing the whole Good nine work yards. Too, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but our shop, our fill is, you know, we're old, old historic downtown building, right, you know, yeah. building was built in 1860 something and oh, be darn. creaky hard, you know, hardwood yeah. floors. And, oh yeah. And so it's a natural fit. It's kind of like an ex- extension out there to your, right, your yeah. facility. That's kind and, of what we've got is just yeah, old time. Yeah. You know. But it's a quality facility ran very professionally, very safe. And I couldn't, I couldn't speak more to well, it. I appreciate it. Well, thank you again, Mike. Yeah, you're, thank you're you. on, this is this is the number one podcast. Number one, um, cool. Yeah, Powder and String Outfitters, your hometown shop, downtown Wellington, Kansas. We appreciate it. Good deal. Thank you. Thanks.